Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Where the Rubber Hits the Road. Join Chris and Heidi each week as they talk smack and bring a little reality to Akron politics. What they got right and what they got wrong. Hits the road and we have got hot button topics to talk about today. I am Heidi. And I'm Chris. And we are your co-hosts, and we're going to be talking first up. I got some, you know, you know, we're finally over the whole, you know, election thing, but there are repercussions of that election and things that will be affected by elections coming up. So I thought we'd go over a couple that are kind of near and dear to our hearts today. I'm starting off here with uh, the city of Akron's uh, dangerous breed legislation laws. Let's put it that way. Oh, wow. They're actually going to put something like that into place? Oh, no. No, because I'm fired up because I'll say in Summit County, Akron and Barberton are the only two cities within Summit County that have these laws. Um, I've actually spoken to Jeff Fusco, who who drafted this law. And, you know, I spent today taking a look at our Akron's city laws about uh, dangerous breed animals. And I would like to say dangerous breeds, according to Akron, are Staffordshire bulls. American Staffordshire Terriers, American Pitbull Terriers, Canary Dogs, Perro Depresso Canario, American Bulldogs, Old Country Bulldogs, or any mixed breed which contains any elements of those dogs. Wait, 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 wait. Let me back it up here. Did you say yeah. espresso dog? Like, what does that come Perro? with, a coffee or something? No, no, no. Perro Depresa Canario. Oh, I yeah. just heard espresso. I don't even know what that dog looks like, but seriously, that's, that's actually listed here as one of the dangerous dogs. Gotcha. And I mean, I've looked, you know, comparing our laws because towns that surround us, places like Cuyahoga Falls, Stowe, Kent, uh, Lakewood is a, a good example too, don't have these laws. They have a, you know, a dangerous animal uh, ordinance, which is across the board rather than breed specific. Um, Akron's ordinance, after really reviewing this carefully, kind of speaks to me that Akron doesn't really care if you have these dogs. They don't. What they do care very much about is making as much money as humanly possible off you if you do have one of these dogs. Oh, uh, and what are they going to do with the money that they do get? Because it seems to me that there's like all kinds of extra stuff being taken in for roads. And what, like, where is this money going to? Well, if you'll recall, you know, they did vote themselves, the, the council did vote themselves a, a wage increase not too terribly long ago. So I'm sure it's going towards things like that, because I sure as heck don't see this money going towards valuable programs to benefit the city. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are a ridiculous amount of fees involved with having one of these dogs within the city of Akron. And I think the really sad part is, is here is that well, I think the goal is to price you out of being able to have one of these dogs. And if you can't do that, then possibly eradicating the dogs within city borders completely if you can't pay for it. And so, the sad, I mean, it, sad part is, is that this impacts people that actually own these dogs now. Sure. And I mean, and I, I kind of view it this way because I see a lot of these around our neighborhood and I've never really encountered one that's been a foul tempered animal, period. I think, you know, pretty much all the ones that I've seen are great big doppy mutts that are just, you know, darn glad to be here. Right. So so you then know. what about that article that was in the paper or and it's been all over the Internet about, you know, this these, this woman that had this dog and, and three dogs and they attacked a bunch of people and then 
you know, they, they put those dogs down. Then she went out and got more dogs. Like, what in the world is up with that then? Sure. And I want to preface this with, too, it's, you know, there's a lot of debate over nurture versus nature. And I think the same goes for people. I mean, you know, you are what you're brought up to be, you know, and the same goes for animals as it does for people. If you're brought up by someone who's a jerk, you're going to be a jerk. Most likely it's very very rare that that's without exception, that, that, that that's different. Animals are the same way. If they're brought up badly, they're going to behave badly. Um, you know, there's been quite a bit of debate on if it's nurture versus nature. And there's actually been some studies and tests done that go to, to kind of prove that, that the, the dogs that they're complaining about uh, are actually some of the better tempered dogs in the world. Huh. Um, in, 20, 000, in 2011, um, the American Temperament Test Society, ATTS, they administer a temperament test to 10 different areas to rate a dog's temperament. And these the, that test is there to measure unprovoked aggression, avoidance, panic tendencies. They give it to breeders and stuff so that they know what they're dealing with with a dog they're trying to bring up so they know what kind of habits to train out of them. Okay. Any rate, the, the most easygoing dog of that was the Labrador Retriever followed closely by the huh. pug, which right behind the pug was the Staffordshire Terrier and right behind a Staffy was a pit bull. You've got to be the kidding most, me. No, right. The most foul-tempered dogs, chihuahuas. <laughs> Now, I will completely agree, no, you're not going to get a life-ending bite from a chihuahua, but there's some violent, nasty little dogs, you know, and a lot of little dogs are, I mean, and it's not to say, a dog, my personal opinion is, I mean, a lot of these surrounding communities have got it right, they have dangerous dog ordinances, which basically states, if your dog attacks another human or another dog unprovoked, your dog is then labeled a vicious dog and all of the things that Akron has in place about having, you know, vast amounts of insurance and signs and, you know, multi, you know, neon colored harnesses and, and, and leashes and tattoos and the whole nine yards has to come into play. If your dog has attacked something that makes sense to me. Yeah. Right, right now. Yeah. Akron, yeah. Akron's got 10 different points, most of which cost you money so that you can have your dog and for and what you're doing here is is essentially you know labeling your dog a monster that's done nothing and you've got to pay vast amounts of money to 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 do something for a dog that's basically an innocent little being and it does bother me greatly and it we have a lot of people who have a dog and having a dog is a luxury if you start piling on all of these fees and whys and wherefores, that be- ceases to be able to be something that they can afford, and thus the dog is not going to be something they can keep. So you're contributing to, you know, ending an entire breed of dog, and it really isn't that any better than than being racist against a person, at least in my view. It it doesn't. I mean, I, it sounds yeah. to me like they're just wanting to get rid of these dogs for whatever reason. And you know, honestly, every time I go and look at the APL or whatever. It seems like that's all there are, are pit bulls or some yeah. sort of mix. Yeah, because you've so got so many people that are afraid to have them because yeah. there's also stigma attached. You know, and I mean, you know, a couple genera- a couple decades ago, it was Doberman Pinchers and then it was German Shepherds. Right now, it's pit bulls. Next 10 years, it's going to be something else. Right. And you know, I there's. Told- Go ahead. There's always something people are going to pin their fears on to, oh, you know, they're just such terrible animals. It's just like, no, they're not terrible animals. There's terrible people. I, I agree. And I think yeah. that, you know, it makes more logical sense to have a dangerous animal ordinance than it does to just say, hey, 
this breed of dog is is a, is a, a menace and a danger. But did you ever look up any kind of statistics to see how many, like, in comparison, which I, I it just popped into my head, but, like, looking at, like, maybe the last year and seeing what, you know, like, animal attacks and what types of animals attacked versus pit bull? You know, I really had trouble finding those statistics, and I think I would probably need to get a hold of uh, Summit County Animal warden and and try and get more information on because to be frank i don't have them yeah I, it just popped in my head and i thought wow that'd be interesting to see like how many chihuahuas bit people you know like like actual in incidences where there was an attack not necessarily life-threatening or even blood drawn but like you know an attack and i bet you you probably gonna find all them sticky chihuahuas after those mailmen absolutely <laughs> you know i mean my dad was a mailman and he had been bitten um on three oh my separate God. Yeah, he was bitten on three separate occasions, one severely, and it, not, none of the above were by a pit bull. I mean, wow. good grief. We, our, our neighborhood mailman, I noticed, brings biscuits around to all the dogs in the neighborhood, and he doesn't discriminate. And I noticed he doesn't get bitten either. <laughs> Maybe your dad should have taken a page from that guy's book. <laughs> Absolutely. Should have been carrying something there. Well, but yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think you, you're right about the whole breeding thing and, and nature versus nurture, because at one point I, I rescued a dog that was a, uh, I adopted a rescued um, dachshund. And mm -hmm. this dachshund was psycho. I mean, this dachshund, it, but it had been abused for like seven years and you could feel like knots on his ribs and see scars. And it was, it was bad. And he only liked me. He didn't like anybody else. And, and it, when I had food in my lap, I mean, he, he snarled and looked like he, and he actually would lunge at people. Like yeah. I literally had to tell, I had to say, you know, anybody came to the house, you know, either they had to be prepared or I had to go put, you know, the dog outside because he just went cuckoo, you know, oh, and I was wow. just like, now see, and that's a dachshund. <laughs> right. Absolutely. You know, so I, I think you're right about that. And I think that, you know. Maybe we can look into something about trying to get uh, that law changed or maybe yeah. Uh, amended. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't know about you, but, I mean, just as you drive around town, tons of people have them. Tons and tons of oh, people. Oh, yeah, have tons of them do. And they obviously make great dogs or people wouldn't get them. They, they do. Have and, them. Sure. And, you know, I, I think, you know, a good deal of it, too. I mean, considering what the level of violence in our city has been lately, I, just another added layer of protection, really. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I'm all for having a dog that would at least give you some sort of warning or also stand up with you if somebody got into your house. Yeah, well, I don't know about Daisy. I think she would lick him to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably, and, you know, but once again, you know, it's just, it, I think, I mean, I've read somewhere today, I mean, if you were to, like, look at some of these laws, um, Lakewood's got the, the, the dangerous dog law in effect, which I think they did a great job with that. And there were some objections. Parma tried to get that through the last election and it did not succeed, unfortunately. Did you read any scuttlebutt about that? It was a really narrow margin, too, from what I understand. Wow. You know, your typical, you know, people just, you know, getting up and, and freaking out, you know. And then here in Akron, we had somebody who had a woman who had, I guess, three or four pit bulls that she yeah. had been really treating abominably, had been past starving. Oh my God. And the dogs had gotten out once before. And actually, our friends at Rubber City Rescue had gone and corralled those dogs for her and got her back and warned her about it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it was like the very next day the dogs got back out. And that's when this attack happened. So they hadn't been being fed. 
So they were already in a kind of hyped up state of, of being upset Survival. and I'm not certain really what precipitated yep. the attack. I don't have the whole thing, but yeah, I mean, the, the, and unfortunately the outcome of this was the person got badly injured as did a couple of other people who tried yep. to help. The dogs were put down. This woman right. turned around and got more dogs. Yep, she did. And it, yeah, it's unbelievable. There are people who just simply shouldn't have dogs. And I mean, yeah, there comes a point where it's it's time really to penalize the owners rather than the animals. And in this instance, yep. I mean, I think what the outcome of this was was merited as much as it pains me to see any animal put down. But once they've done something like that, it's kind of hard to come back from it. That's what I was going to ask you about next is like, you know, when it comes to because I don't I don't have dogs now. So I, I don't know. I don't keep up with all those laws. And it's kind of like, you know, what do you do when you have an animal that has bitten and has drawn blood? blood? And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, what do you do with that animal? I don't know. Me as a person, I don't know if I would be able to trust that dog again. Yeah, I wouldn't either. My, my, my in-laws actually have a lab that uh, attacked my nephew. Wow. Really? And my my, uh, my uh, brother-in-law got in between him and my nephew, and the, the dog went after him instead and did one hell of a lot of damage to my brother-in-law. This wow. is a winner. And it was, once again, it was a rescue, and for they, they kept the dog. And the dog actually attacked one more time, but now they've, they've still kept the dog, and they're past it. And, you know, knock on wood, nothing else has happened. I don't know that I could have lived with that one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would, I would feel very leery. You know, especially if you don't really know what provoked the dog. Yeah, absolutely. It would, it would be very, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah it, that would just make me it, feel weird. <laughs> be very nervous, I, I, I have to admit. And I mean, I, I hate saying that, but yeah, it's just kind of, oh, maybe not. I don't know that there's any good answer to it, but I think that the way that we're dealing with it right now across the board is unfair. I think it's unfair yes. to a lot of, it's prejudging somebody or something for for which they've done nothing i think once they've done something absolutely all protections need to be in place and all bets are off i agree yep. i agree too you know, but right now why you know dogs cost enough to have i mean you've got vet bills you've got licensing you've got rabies all you know all the shots and everything else i mean why put an unnecessary burden on dog owners when we have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dogs who need a home and yep. you're making it so that it's almost impossible to give these dogs a home that's right. not right. And that's not fair either. No, I, I agree. It's, it's sad. It's terrible. I read, I read some sort of a, uh, a thing that says that almost three quarters of rescued pit bull dogs uh, don't make it past that and are euthanized. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's really, really disheartening. It really makes you wonder where are the laws about you know, creating these new, like these puppies, like these puppy mills and stuff like that, where you've got, you know, such a high, you know, rate of uh, puppies being birthed. It's like, you know, and then if they're pits, nobody's taking them. So they're being like, what's the point of that? Sure. You know, and, and unfortunately, too, you just have people that really don't believe in, in spaying and neutering your dogs. I'm a big proponent of that. I mean, oh, I wish more time. people, yeah, I wish more people were really careful about that. I think it's really sad that they're not. Like, I know, like, the APL gave us a, when I got the, my cat, uh, they gave us a $100 voucher to go get him spayed. Uh, yeah. And that, that was awesome. Like, I immediately went and got him fixed, you know, because it was like, you know, I didn't want to see my neighbor's cat, you know, getting pregnant. or And then, uh, you know, I've got Petunia now, and I made sure that she was fixed as, as well because, you know, just trying to be conscientious, you know. 
Sure. And you get these people that, you know, feel somehow that their their pet needs to have the maternal experience, which is a load. They don't care. And honestly, you are saving oh all kinds of heartache and, inter- and possible breast cancer by getting them fixed early. Yep. Yep. You know, so, I mean, in my, my, my view, you're being cruel to your animal not to get them fixed and neutered and, and, and starting to try and control this population because you're always going to be able to get more pets when your, your animal finally passes. But, I mean, you know, be fair to everybody else because the system's just overwhelmed. I mean, you see all these things from the rescues that they're full yep. and they're going to have to start yep. putting animals down if they're not rescued. So, come on, folks. Right. This is sad. Well, the, and you know, here's the you know, this is the, this was the actually you know the, the the happy, heartful part of our our show today. That there's the sad part. There's so much crummy stuff going on in Akron, just you know, this past year and in particular these past few months. It's just so ugly that there are so many stupid things going on. I'm going to let you go into the the other half of this program. I am fired up and mad about this. Oh, yeah, buddy. Let's talk about Tent City and the new revival of, I don't know what they're calling it, something about... Oh, it's hey, Camp Resistance now. Camp Resistance. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. Dude, people, people are doing anything they can to put themselves on the national stage, I swear. It's like, it's ridiculous. And I did quite a bit of looking into this whole thing because it's been floating around for a while. This isn't, this isn't new. No. Tent City's been going on for about two years, and and the homeless issue has been going on longer than that. Absolutely. So, so this isn't new. But what's new is this media attention and this desire to create uh, YouTube videos and and, and blog posts and um, take it to news sources. And now he's considering, you know, uh, Sage Lewis is considering a podcast uh, all about, you know, his charitable work. And you know what? I don't begrudge the guy for doing charity. I don't begrudge anybody for doing charity. But I think it's a little bit misplaced when it comes to him uh, having these people, you know, and basically he's using these homeless people Absolutely. to stump, to stump I, his, his stage. And I, you know, it's the whole thing is just disgusting. Yeah, I question his altruistic measures. Anyhow, yep. I, I I find it very difficult to believe there's nothing to be gained from this. And of course, there is something to be gained from it, as is the, you know, politically. Um, you know, Sage has uh, attempted to run for mayor in the past. It would not surprise me if there's another run in the future. He's been peddling a book. Um, there's a documentary that just came out. All of these yep. things are yep. either, you know, in terms of media attention or money makers. So, right. You know, this is making money off of other people's misfortunes. And instead of giving people a hand up, you're putting them back in the position of a handout. So you're just keeping them enslaved. Absolutely. You, know, you are not making it possible for these folks to, you know, break out of the status quo because they're working awfully, awfully hard to maintain a status quo of living in a tent. Which, you know, hey, if you want to live in a tent, you know, have at it. But the pictures that I was looking at from back in 2017, when all this was coming into the into the spotlight, it was nothing but a trash heap. And I'm just like, nobody wants that in their city. Nobody wants to see that in their backyard. And to to give a little history here, um, Sage Lewis owned a piece of property at 15 Broad Street, which is right next door to Annunciation Terrace, which is senior housing, provide low cost housing provided by the Catholic Church. Uh, my mother-in-law actually lived there. 
and we're talking right next door apparently he'd had a auction business running out of there and he went outside to the back part of his property one day and there were a couple tents set up and he didn't chase them off he decided to let them stay and it just sort of exponentially grew from there if you go back and look at I mean, just an interesting little side fact if you go back and look at police records from 2016 through today for that piece of property um, police record, uh, police reports for that property exponentially grow 150% in one year and included things like overdosing, fights, thefts. We had a death over there that you don't hear anybody talking about. Um, I, I can't recall. If, I think it, I want to say it was a heart attack. Oh, wow. But there has been, you know, an awful lot of things going there. People surrounding the, the, the area have had their, um, you know, come home to find the homeless sitting on their porch, or if they're not sitting on their porch, they have found that their porch furniture has been removed and taken over to Sage Lewis's uh, property to the point where some of these neighbors were finally putting up security cameras to prove that these folks were just coming up and taking their stuff whenever they felt like it. Oh, wow. So, was, yeah, I mean, they, they were really put through the ringer. And then the smell started because they're not exactly great about policing their garbage or bathroom facilities. Um, a lot of them just come out of the tent and go to the bathroom where they stand. So you have, um, you know, an unsafe health hazards in terms of, of, of feces and urine over there. You have people that are doing drugs. So you've got used needles that are over there. You have couples that are having sex. I mean, all of this is right underneath the windows of a senior housing facility. But obviously they don't care. No, clearly and, not. And they don't care about the rodents and the, the rats and the possum and, the, uh, and, and everything else that gets attracted to having trash like that. And, and here's the thing. Did anybody not think, you know, hey, you know, uh, I think what was it the bubonic plague or the Black Death? Like, that all started because people were urinating in the street. Absolutely. Now, I, it, the, the, and rats. Know, rats. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it was the fleas that were coming off the rats that spread it. Yeah. But, you know, what, uh, you know if, if you ask some of these folks what the problem is, why they would want to live like that, some of them are genuinely into the lifestyle of not having to pay for anything. They would rather not pay for their housing, live off the grid, no, no utilities, no whatever, and just anything that they get in terms of money is spent on what they want to spend it on instead of what they have to spend it on. You have some that are genuinely, you know, out there because they fell on hard times and had nowhere else to go. Most of those folks, they're not out there long when they've, you know, lost their home or they, you know, lost. They're, they're out maybe a couple of months and they're back and getting their own lives back in order. I fell yep. into that category. I lost my home when my daughter, my second child was an infant. We lived in my car. I sold everything I owned to make sure that kid had diapers and formula for the time that we were homeless. But you know what? I was highly motivated to get us back off the street because of that. And we, we did get off quickly. Right. And a lot of folks are in that boat where they transition in and out. So, but then you get the people that are at it, who've been at it for years because they're mentally ill, they're addicted, whatever the issues right. are. Right. There are programs aplenty. And it's one of the reasons Akron has such a high incident of homeless people here is because we have so many social programs available that they come here in droves to take advantage of them. Right. The thing is, is they don't want to take advantages of the ones that force them to, you know, possibly be apart from a girlfriend or a husband or whatever for a while until they get back on their feet. They don't seem to get that, you know, you're not going to just get handed everything. There's going to be some hoops you're going to have to jump through. This is not going to be easy. Right. And, and that's one of the they things that I do know. The work. Yeah, they don't want to do the work to get their lives in order. Right. And that's one of the things that I noticed there was like a real big running thread about the new 
uh, tent city that was cropping up, or the whatever they are, they're they're standing the re- there, rebelling, like, rebelling, or whatever it's called. I can't remember. I'm still a brain fart here. But yeah, so I, I mean, people were talking. You know, you have one side of the fence who was like, you know, these poor people, they're down on their luck. Why kick them? Blah blah blah. And then you got the other side. It's like they're addicts. This is a choice, you know, um, or they're mentally ill, and it's still a choice, you know. Um, so I. And a lot of people were saying, well, you know, where can these people go? You're taking away all their their place to stay and they're you know, go to Haven Arrest. There's other, you know, uh, homeless shelters. So I thought to myself, you know what? Um, because everybody was then you had the people that responded to that comment about Haven Arrest. And they're like, a terrible place. And they made me go to church like twice a day. And like all this it made it sound unreasonable what Haven Arrest was making them do. So I thought, you know, I'm going to give them a call because I want to know. I want to know, is this true? And I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. So I did. I called down the Haven Arrest, talked to a very nice lady. And uh, she informed me that, you know, of all the services that they provide, I mean, they actually, you know, help people. They have a clothing place so that they can, you know, have business attire. Um, they help them write resumes. They help them to, they actually have sewing classes. So there are, and there were some other things that she said she wasn't a hundred percent sure that, um, you know, that they had available. Uh, but she was basically saying that, you know, they really do what they can to get these people back up on their feet and into stable housing. And uh, I said, now, let me ask you something. I, and I told her a little about who I was and what I was calling in for. And I said, you know, the scuttlebutt out here on the Internet is they're saying that you guys make them go to church and and preach at them. And it's just terrible. And and she's like, you know what? She said, here's the thing. Yes, we have to have separate dormitories because you can't mix men and women together. That's number one. Uh, number two, you have to have hours because if you know when you start getting to capacity and for example she was saying that there's you know beds for a hundred men in the men's part and Mm -hmm. she said you know in the winter time those places packed it's over a hundred there's like 180 and you have to have a cutoff time and you have to have a time when hey you got to be in by this amount of time because you know we have to be considerate of everybody else certainly so there's rules there's rules just like there are rules in this world and the more that this lady talked and, and said, you know, yes, we do require a half an hour Bible study in the morning and a half an hour Bible study in the evening. But we are a religious organization. We are sure. funded by churches. We're not funded by the state. We're funded by churches. And that is and the board of directors. That's the requirement. You know, if we're going to give you money, then you will at least talk about Jesus in the Bible, you know, for a half an hour in the morning and a half an hour in the evening. And to be honest with you, really? An hour out of your life of doing what? Yeah, it, it's exactly. It's, yeah, it's it's not like it's. I think that onerous. You know, I'm. It's, it's not. Or you could what be out on the street begging for that hour. You know, th- right. those are. I think. I think there's the, the caveat to this. Right. I mean, and they're, they're the whole. I mean, I'm sorry that you don't want to have to follow rules. And I think that's probably the whole point on a lot of the homeless things is, you know, we want to live a nice, you know, free life where nobody tells us what to do. Well, in a perfect world, no one would like to be told what to do. Of course. Absolutely. That's not realistic. You know, I, I, I find that there, 
demands and their requests are sort of absurd because, I mean, if, if, if we were all to do that, who would be paying for their lifestyle? I mean, I could just drop out tomorrow and stop paying my bills and go live in a tent and then I won't have to worry about it either. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing that I started thinking about. And I was like, okay, so you have options available. And then I was listening to that video uh, of Sage Lewis walking down to the new, you know, standing their ground site. And the cops were there. And, you know, the cops were being really nice and just like, hey, you know, we have to abide by criminal code, criminal laws, criminal rules. And you guys are breaking the law, you know, and um, you're breaking the rules. And, uh and, you know, is there any place that we can take you? You know, can we drop you off at Haven of Rest? And then, of course, Sage Lewis popped right in there and said, you know, uh, well, he has a different faith. And that's what I mentioned to this lady I was talking to. And I said, well, what about people of different religious faiths? And she said, you know, honestly, this is what I tell all the people that come through that door. Yes, there are rules. However, you have your faith. We just ask you to listen. That's it. We don't want you to be, you know, we don't want to force anybody into our religion or into our beliefs. But because it is a requirement because of how they're funded, um, that's just a piece of it. And they don't pressure anybody. And I was, and she said that she had had a lady that came in that was a Jehovah's Witness. And, and at the end of the whole thing, when she finally got up on her feet, she did a survey. And she said that's the one thing that she really enjoyed, actually was the Bible studies. And I thought, you know, here's the thing. Regardless of what religion you are, does it not, you know, help you to become a better person just to sit and be around your fellow human beings and maybe think about something other than yourself? Yeah, I would agree with that. And we're not, you know, the, the beyond that, Haven Arrest isn't the only game in town. Exactly. There's other places because I looked those up too. And I'm like... Yeah. And they're privately funded or they're funded by the state. So it's kind of like you do have options, but there's rules and there's time limits and there's constraints. And, you know, Haven of Rest wants you to get out there and get a job and show that you're looking for a job. What, and, they're, you know, what they're trying to say, I believe, is they're goal oriented. They want you to be goal oriented. You should not. Right. Your end goal should not be to be able to remain in a tent for the rest of your life, which does seem to be quite a few of these people's goal. Right. Exactly. Obviously. And, and you know, you know, God love you. I mean, you want to have a, a an alternative lifestyle, that's on you, but it is not on everybody else to fund your alternative lifestyle. Absolutely. And that's what I've been saying all along. Since when did it become our responsibility as a whole of Akron to sit there and pay for somebody else to live lazy or to live irresponsibly? It's not my responsibility for that. In yeah. fact, I believe if you really want to get technical and, and preachy and biblical about it, I believe it was the Bible that said that, you know, it was the church. It was the church who's supposed to take care of their fellow man. So if you yeah. really want to point the finger and put it back onto somebody, you should put it back onto the churches in the area and say, hey, it's your responsibility to take care of the homeless. You figure no. it out. It's not there's the a, states. No, there's a couple of things about this, too, that has really bothered me in the past couple of days. Now, um, the city closed up a lot of these tent cities on May 6th, the day before the election. And that's what this whole camp resistance thing is, is in protest to. Their camp was shut down because they had been you know, officially made to move off of 15 Broad Street. So what did they do? They literally moved about 300 feet away onto a piece of private property that Sage had bought as a group home, and they'd moved onto the property there. 
that camp was shut down on May 6th. So their attitude is where they're going to continue, every time their camps are shut down, they're going to move closer and closer to downtown and protest. In my view, that's great. You're getting farther away from Ward 10. That's awesome. However, that works for us. <laughs> absolutely. Um, what's bothering me are the signs that these folks had. One of them the other day had a sign up that said, give us housing or we'll take it. And the two oh, yeah. signs that, that I took away from that were give and take. And the gall, the unmitigated gall of that statement that you're going to insist that I give you a life. You know, not that I don't, you know, everybody else isn't working hard for their own lives to try and pay their own bills. I'm right. supposed to stop in my tracks and give you housing, give you clothing, give you food. What are you doing to earn that? Right. And, and, and that's, the other that's, part of that is you're going to take it. Oh, really? And how are we going to do that? Because you haven't earned it. And I hear all these people going, well, how disrespectful of you. They don't respect themselves. How are we supposed to respect them? A person who respects themselves doesn't stand out there saying, give me everything I need. Right. No, nope. they do it on their own. They figure it out. Says, help me get the tools to help myself get what I need. Right. Exactly. And, and that's the one thing. Like I had seen a sign, of, man, it must have been about a month or so ago. And the guy was talking about, you know, you know, I need money. I'm down on down and out of my luck, you know, like the usual sign. And then he's like, you know, why should the rich get everything and the poor nothing? And I thought, wait a minute, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you think that the rich were all and they said he did mention something to the effect of, you know, uh, the rich were handed everything. Why can't we get a hand up or something? And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like yeah. they were talking, I was listening to a podcast about finances and the lady was talking about, you know, the new run of millionaires and these kids that are, they didn't come for money, but they have created for themselves millions. And it's all due to the, of course, the advent of the internet and online business, et cetera. And I was just like, uh, okay, so, you know, these kids were not, so what's your excuse? These yeah. kids didn't weren't born with a silver spoon in their mouth. So what's your excuse? Yeah. And it really, I mean, that really just kind of like, kind of just like incensed me because oh, I was right. like, how dare you? How dare you assume that everybody has a silver spoon? I know yeah. that you specifically and myself specifically have really gone through some hard times in our own personal lives and have dug ourselves out of financial pits. Absolutely. And it's like, and it's like, dude, it was not flipping easy. And I did it my own. And it was hard. But yeah. you know what? It also makes me respect myself more, which in turn makes me respect other people more. Sure. And, and, you know, and I'll, this actually, uh, I, I hate going back to their lousy signs. This comes back to another sign that they had out that I read today. And it, it, it absolutely incented, incensed me. It made the comment of the Bill of Rights was for the homeless, too. Well, you know what? Yes, yes, it was for the homeless, too. It's for everybody in America. What the Bill of Rights guarantees you is the right to the pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Amen. As long as as your pursuit does not interfere with another person's pursuit of happiness. That's exactly it, man. We get this is a land of opportunity, not for handout and handout and handout. The Bill of Rights does not guarantee you a free home or free food, or free clothing, or free booze, or cigarettes, or drugs, none of that. It guarantees you the opportunity to better yourself, to make a success of your life, 
which is something no other country in the world guarantees you. Which is why we've got people flooding into our countries legally and illegally because we do not impede you from becoming a success. Yeah, we do not impede your pursuit of happiness. But your pursuit of happiness does not mean that others pay for your happiness. Exactly. Nothing is handed to you free. It is on you to make your own happiness. It is not on everybody else. And it is disrespectful. It is un-American to expect that you are going to just stand there with your hand out and everyone's going to hand you your life wrapped up in a nice, neat little package with a little bow on it that you had to do nothing. Yep, because my ancestors didn't get that, I'll tell you that. And they worked their butts off and they died early and died young because of it. Yeah, absolutely. Mine came here from and worked on farms and, and, you know, killed themselves working their whole lives. But that's what they did. And that's what they did. And they made it work and they became a success by themselves because of that. So, yeah, no, bro. Didn't you tell me something about you read that one of the things that they felt that they needed money for was cigarettes? No. No, I wasn't me. I don't Somebody remember that one. I, uh, no, I, I read something about that online today. It was like a list of something of their needs and wants. And one of the things that they oh listed was, yeah, was cigarettes. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> oh, sweet what? baby Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I see these folks that are standing there on the corner with their little sign and they've got their polar pop and they've got their lawn chair <laughs> and their cigarettes. I'm like, oh, you know what? Oh, yeah, I, quit seven, I quit smoking almost seven years ago. I honestly, and I, you know, I'm doing fine financially. I don't feel that cigarettes are a luxury that I can afford these days. That's what I was, you know, I I don't get it either because I remember probably about the second time I got laid off, I had took a long, hard look at my budget and I was like, if I'm going to make what I have in savings stretch till the next job, Mm -hmm. I have got to cut everything. And I did. I mean, I was living probably close to being homeless. And, uh, just, and I looked at my cigarettes and I was spending $1,500, uh, a year on cigarettes. Oh yeah. And I was like, at the time back then, I think it was like five, four, four fifty, five bucks a pack. And it was like $50 for a carton or something like that. And, um, I'm going to tell you what, man, that was uh, probably one of the hardest things I had to do, Yeah. but I have saved myself so much money. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I think at the end of it here is you see so many, I see so much of people getting criticized for not being accepting of this lifestyle online. I see a lot of people, I can't believe you'd say that you're being disrespectful. You're a bad person for feeling that way. Um, You know what? There's an awful lot of people who actually do feel that way and nobody feels like they are able to discuss it anymore because the minute you open your mouth in opposition to something like that, you're labeled whatever ist or, you know, phobe that you are today right and provided for actually feeling that people should pull their own weight i am really tired of that attitude that we should just kowtow to what the 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 herd is telling us to do and just put our heads down and accept it and because we have so many people who are accepting it it is why this problem is growing exponentially but i don't think people are really thinking about this yeah people need to sit there and go no this isn't right and how do we fix this well you know Something could be done of of some sort of work programs to help these guys getting back to work and, you know, maybe building their own home, whatever it takes to start getting them to be productive. Right. Exactly. Then we can't contribute to you. Right. And here's the other thing, too. Uh, Man, no, never mind. Just went out, went out my head. (laughs) 
<laughs> I yeah, I just I get wound up about this. I've been angry yeah. about it all week. And yeah. people like Sage Lewis, it really does infuriate me because it really comes across as a massive publicity stunt. I want to know how he's making the money to keep those doors open. Yeah, there there is something more to this than than meets the eye. And everyone's gonna sit there and tell me that, you know, Sage is such a, a saintly guy. That I'm I'm really glad you feel that way. I, I don't feel that way about him. Well, here's yeah. the thing. Anybody who's a, a true entrepreneur is going to look at every angle and every way to monetize. So that's just the way it goes with business. So if you're going to sit there and promote yourself as, you know, a local entrepreneur and here you are also a, you know, white knight, I doubt it. <laughs> you're yep. angling for something here. Yeah. And that's yep. fine. If that's yeah. what, you know, if that's what these people want to do is be used that then that's on them i guess that's their their prerogative but at my, my expense no yeah my absolute favorite of this is if you read sage's blog he seems to feel that the biggest problem here in akron is that the democrats are in power and once if we could just get some republicans in everything would be fine for the homeless people what? i'm not sure he actually understands what the republican stance for this would be i, I i'm not that certain doesn't even, are you sure Did i you can't even that I can't believe that he's this thick as to think this because any self-respecting Republican is going to look at this and go, no, we don't have any more money for funds for more cute little social problems and little programs, and we need you to get off your butt and work. That's the Republican way. That is not going to be more, because I'll tell you what, actually, you know, he's probably in the prime atmosphere for social programs right now in a Democratic-controlled city. Right. You know, he keeps wishing that somehow another party is going to come in and make things better for him. He is a complete fool to think that Republicans would allow that. No, not unless he's trying to get some sort of socialist program in. Yeah, no, he, he seems to be really expounding on we need to get Republicans in. And I just sit there and I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm a Republican. Come on. Please. <laughs> are, right. are, are you, you know, thinking of the same Republicans I am? Because, you know, I'm with the actual real party that exists instead of the weird one that, you know, is floating around in that hat of yours. <laughs> yeah, it's, I just, I mean, it, I think that, you know, the time has come that the people who are having their reservations or issues about this, that, you know, people, I would love to see you speak up. I would like to see you get on 311, get on the computer. And put your complaints and your concerns in there about this to the city. Let them know that you Absolutely. are concerned this is bothering you. Say yeah. something. And, it, and Stop especially, you know, kind of putting your head down and going, okay, yeah, I'll just, you know, it's fine. Everybody else is going to make fun of me if I say anything. No. no. Heck, say something. Nope. And there's a bunch of us out here that don't agree with it. A bunch. No. no. I, I, I see more and more people every day getting more and more angry about this. And, I mean, this is a countrywide yeah. problem. It's not just Akron's problem. Akron's sure. got their own horrible little section of it here that we've got it you know a couple of ringleaders including our, our ex you know soon to be ex-councilman who by the way has canceled all of his meetings the remainder of the year i just needed to say that i don't even know why he's getting a paycheck at this point that's what i'm saying i'm and that, that one lady on uh, facebook boy she really nailed it out there and she's like i don't think he should get a paycheck for the rest of the year he shouldn't if he's not going to do his job then what you know what what good is he what if are we he's paying not for you know i honestly think that we should maybe maybe we should send an email to uh, Margot Somerville and to uh, some of the council at large and say, hey, it, yeah. Zach canceled all of his meetings. And, you know, I would sit there and call his office and see if he even answers or even responds. And if he doesn't, I would yeah. I would definitely demand that he yeah. get moved and that somebody gets put in in the interim. But, you know, I think the sad part is, is you know, he, he, he has been part and parcel of this whole mess and he's a symptom of a bigger problem. 
Yeah. 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 It's citywide, it's statewide, it's countrywide, it's worldwide. I mean, when I was in Europe, I saw it all over the place. And this is something that, you know, people need to, it's not going to go away if you just turn your face. You need to say something about it. You need to start. We're, we're smart people. We are, we're intelligent beings. We can come up with better solutions than this. And industrious, completely Absolutely. industrious. So I think that if we could sit down and discuss things, maybe have a forum on it, that probably we could come to some sort of, you know, alternative. Yeah, we're in an economic boom where there's jobs everywhere. So telling me that you Dude. can't find a job is a load. Because yeah, no kidding. Yeah, their whole, well, I have a record. I, I really don't care. There are job agencies here in town that deal specifically with felons who will get yep. you a job. So then it's, you know, well, I don't have my ID. I lost my ID anymore. All of these oh, problems yes. are solved. They can be fixed. Yes. But you know, stop making excuses for your 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 lack of, of wanting to help yourself. And you're going to have to start contributing. And there are ways that we can help people do this. But we, we need to come up with some solutions. And people need to start saying something instead of just putting up with it. I don't know, maybe reenact the debtor's prison, maybe that. There so you your go. Debt, your debt to society, work camp. Do you remember the old workhouse here in Akron? No, I never I never even knew that stuff existed until I went to history class. <laughs> I was like, what? It was not like the Dickinsonian uh, workhouse here. It was actually part of the Akron um, jail system. Mm. You got sent to the workhouse as a guy instead of Summit County Jail. If you were doing like a weekend stint, you had to go, you know, do labor for the city or whatever there. Yeah, they need to reenact that. We tell you. <laughs> Anyhow, so yeah, there, there, there's, there's what I'm jacked out of shape about this week. I would love once again. Yep. I, I, anybody out there listening, if you've got something that you would like to bring to the conversation, something you want to discuss, something you would like to be on the program to hear, we would love to hear from you. Absolutely, we yeah. love to hear from our fans. Yeah, because you know what? We're not going away. And nope. I, I think as time goes on, we're going to get better and better at this. Yeah, I mean, we're a little shaky here and there, but it will get better. Yep. And we still can be, you know, pretty much like the conservative voice for Akron because there just aren't a whole lot of conservative voices speaking for Akron right now. And I know you're out there. I see yep. you every day. The, yep, there are. And the more people that speak up that are on the conservative end, the better picture we can get of Akron. Sure. It's going to make a more balanced city for us all to live in. Yep. And uh, that's, I, I love, I love that idea. Anywho. Yep. Well, Alrighty, that, guys. Okay. So, hey, have a, a great week. We will come back at you with some new and more fabulous topics next week. And thanks for listening. Alrighty. Peace. Peace. Loved this episode of Where the Rubber Hits the Road? Head over to Spotify to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you.